0: Hey, everybody. It's Nick Fishman, and I'm here today doing the SJV Data Solutions Hangout podcast. Uh, I'm joined today by uh, Vince Bro, SJV's Vice President of Client Experience, and our special guests uh, today, uh, David Thomas, the CEO of Evident ID, and Karitha Rushing. Um, Karitha is an executive coach at American Company and an HR leader and consultant. Um, she also has more than 30 years of HR experience, including global human resource at, resources at Equifax and the Coca-Cola Company. Karith um, also been an active member uh, at the Society for Human Resource Management since 1999. And uh, on top of that, as if that weren't all enough, she also served as uh, Sherman's on Sher- Sherm's board of directors um, for eight years and as the board chair from 2017 to 2019. So, um, thank you guys all for joining. Uh, David and Vince, not that I intended to cut your bio short, but kind of Kareth is a big deal. I think you guys would
1: agree. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'll give yeah, you a check later, Nick.
2: No problem there could be an exciting opportunity at s j v for you once my boss hears that <laughs> resume. take my place quite frankly, so please, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Okay. Um, Today, we're going to discuss a really important topic for CRAs and their clients. And you know, we've spent a lot of uh, time on this podcast talking about um, COVID-19. Well, now we're talking about how to get people back to work safely. Um, And an incredible new app that Evident ID has developed to try and help uh, both CRAs and uh, employers in general. So um, Vince, why why don't we start uh, by talking about the partnership that we've entered into with Evident ID. Would you mind uh, running over that really quickly and and, and just talk about um, what that is? And then we're going to jump into what Evident ID does um, and what the market is out there right now.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think um, as we've been talking on these podcasts the last several weeks, I guess months now, as it's been like a time warp, um, we've been talking about responses to COVID within the background screening industry and we've been focusing a lot on the supply chain and CRAs. We're starting to, to branch out with an episode that, that might be airing uh, before after this one with a, a software platform, too. So we're talking about, as you said earlier, trying to get people back to work. And being a good corporate citizen, um, we were listening to one of our, our clients, which is Evan and ID, who we have here. And the solution that they've developed, this app or application, um, is extremely impressive. Um, we've seen a few of these in the marketplace. A few people have come to SJV um, to, for our own use or potentially for use in our market. Um, and once we took a look at this thing and and, and spoke with the Evident team uh, and learned what was going on with them, uh, we knew this is something we wanted to spotlight um, on behalf of SJV for our client base. So um, this is something that we're, we're partnering with Evident on uh, and, and essentially referring our clients and partners too evident to take a look at the solution, not only for themselves, but also for the customers that they serve or traditionally known as, you know, end users. So it's something that we're making available through our relationship and partnership with Evident. And I'm pretty excited to uh, kind of take the cover off this thing and let people know who is Evident. Maybe you've never heard of them in the background screening space. um, And what are they doing with this back to work app? And how is it different from other things that people in our space maybe you're seeing pop up on LinkedIn every other day or every other week with different releases. So that's kind of what we're here to talk about today in a nutshell, I think.
0: Yeah, great. Um, so David, uh, tell us a little bit about Evident ID and, and why you thought you could play a, uh, a key role uh, in back-to-work technology.
3: Thanks, Nick. Thanks, thanks, Vince. Uh, yeah, we're excited to, to be here. And uh, for those of you who don't know much about our company, we specialize in the private and secure sharing of, of sensitive data. And uh, we, you know, we when COVID emerged, it became clear to us very quickly that employers were going to be forced into a position that they've really never been in before, where they, they have to consistently share sensitive health information with their employees. And that, that sharing of information was going to be vital in in terms of how you can you can come back into the workplace safely. And so there, there are plenty of regulations around how this information uh, needs to be shared, even during the, the pandemic, and how this data needs to be protected. And, and our platform is a, a great way to, to make sure that you're able to communicate those sensitive details without... Uh, taking on uh, the risk of handling that data or overexposing that data or mixing it with other personnel records. And so we developed the health status app on top of our existing platform to deliver exactly that for employers. Employers are able to consistently communicate with their employees about their health status to understand uh, who uh, can come into work and and when uh, people should be able to come into work. And uh, it's, it's, an, it's an effort we're very proud to participate in. We feel strongly about it. Obviously, we've been affected like everyone else has. We miss being in the working environment like uh, everyone else does. And we know how important it is that we all get back into uh, the workplace so we can all be as, as productive as as, uh, as possible. And, and most importantly, we can get the economy back to uh, the, the place we'd all like it to be.
0: And before we go too far, David, just wanted to ask you, you know, um, if you go to the Evident ID website, you can see that you guys are in the business. You do background checks as one of the things that you do. Um, you know, we're very comfortable um, that that doesn't represent a conflict, but we definitely wanted you to address it uh, for our audience.
3: Yeah, thanks for asking. So the the platform does include background screening. However, the health status product does not. And we won't solicit uh, any background screening for customers that CRAs introduce us to. Uh, We have language to that effect in our referral agreement.
0: Great. Thank you. Um, So before we talk specifically about the app, um, Karitha, I wanted to pivot over and talk a little bit about the key concerns both employers and employees have in in returning back to the office and and what you're hearing out there right now and and, and how you think it can be fixed?
1: Well, I mean, we're living in unprecedented times. And so employers and employees are going through a great deal of change. And I was reading um, a magazine and I saw a quote in this article, and it basically said, nothing is so painful to the human mind as great and sudden change. And the change that we're experiencing right now with COVID with racial and civil unrest, with the recession is unprecedented. And all of these things actually affect work, not only the place that we work, but how we work. And so the issues that employers are having, they start with leadership right now at a time where I would say all of us are questioning what we're being told and who we can trust. It's a horrible time to go through um, a pandemic. With constantly changing information. And so, what I think employers are trying to do is they're trying to get back to some semblance of stability when everything is changing literally day after day. And so, you know, it was unprecedented the number of people who ended up working remote. Most progressive employers, and I think most employers would like to perceive themselves as progressive, had already in many cases created an opportunity for people to have a flexible work schedule. But no one had ever envisioned that their entire workforce, um, albeit a few essential folks, would be working remote. And it happened on a spin of a dime. I mean, literally people were having to work remote overnight. Some companies were more prepared than others. Their employees had the technology, they had the bandwidth to provide that level support, but many employers were not. Uh, And so now that they've gotten to now almost, what, three months where people are working remote, It's time to come back to the workplace. Uh, And the reasons that we left, quite honestly, wherever you are on this continuum of believing that this is a real pandemic, coming back to work is as uh, anxious-driven as leaving work. We do not know when we go back if we have the appropriate amount of physical space to actually practice social and physical distancing. We don't know if this virus lives on cardboard and paper longer than it does on plastic and handles. And so I think most employers are trying to be very mindful and thoughtful about this. I think they want to have their uh, workforce trust them. And we would say you know, right now, people aren't trusting the government. They're not trusting anybody in charge. And so I think companies are trying to be very clear and transparent with why they're bringing people back to work when they're bringing them back to work, and then when they get to the workplace, what's going to happen. Uh, and so what when I talk to folks who are actively involved in these decisions, there's a lot of phasing people back to work. Uh, there are companies who basically are punting and they're saying, stay home until the end of the year. To me, they're kind of trying to wait this out to see if there's gonna be a virus. Um, and now you're also realizing that it's actually working better than most people thought. I mean, there are jobs that we never envisioned uh, that people could actually support you. Your secretary sitting in her home and you're sitting in your home office and somehow this is all working. Uh, and so what I'm also hearing is it's working more effectively than many employers thought, but now they have the situation of dealing with a lot of physical assets. And I hate to say it, both people and buildings, that maybe I don't need as many of them because if you look at any study, it will tell you working remote, people are actually more efficient. And they actually work longer days. I think everybody on this call can attest to the fact, if you don't get out of your pajamas, 7 p.m., you are still in your pajamas and you're still working. Um, And so I think employers are trying to find a way to be transparent, uh, to let their employees know. I think Vince said it early on that they care uh, and that you're going above and beyond. And I think that's where the evident product would help because you want to be able to say, I know where people are. I know when they entered the building, the state they were when they came to work today knowing that it could change literally the next day. So what I am hearing is people are trying to balance the, we want to make sure we are showing evidence that we care. We want to make sure we're collecting data. We want to make sure we're doing it legally. Every day legislation is changing around what you can do, what you can't require. Um, And uh, you want to make sure that people in the end feel comfortable. And every employer that I'm aware of that has allowed people to come back to work As quiet as it's kept, there is also a process that allows me not to come back to work, if that makes sense. You know, you say everybody Mm -hmm. comes back to work and I say, hold on, I have my elderly mother living with me. I want to continue to work remote. And companies are finding a way to approve that process. Again, it's about trying to make sure that people are in their right mind when they come back in.
0: Yeah. And that, that trust thing I think is, is is tremendous because if we're just talking, uh, just, just thinking about, you know, the employees have to trust that employers are doing everything to protect them. If they're coming back into the office, the, um, the, the employers have to trust their employees to be honest and open about their situation and also be able to trust the employer not to, um, Disseminate that information to right. anybody, or not to hold it against them. I think it's a huge trust factor that you know. Frankly, you know, you wonder if employees and employers trust each other enough, and they're going to have to in order to make this happen.
1: Well, you're you're only as strong as your weakest link, right? And what's incredibly frustrating to folks, uh, and you and I saw it recently with an article with uh, the airlines: Delta, American, and United are now lobbying Congress to require that people wear masks on planes um, and so they put in place a policy that asked that people wear masks and now they're wanting it to be legislated so there's no no you know no ambiguity around what the process is the same thing will happen in the workplace right you will yep. have people who they're just uncomfortable to wear let's be honest but you and you're not wearing it for yourself you're wearing it for the other people but I think companies are trying to figure out it's a lot easier if you have a standard process and protocols, mm-hmm. as opposed to everybody figuring out what they should be doing.
0: So, so David, um, having heard what Karitha said, and I know you guys have spent a lot of time talking with each other. Tell us how the app has solved for these problems um, and, 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 and how you're able to help.
3: Yeah, I, I will. I think you know, there's there's a lot in what Karitha just said that is incredibly important, and and I think maybe the one thing that I'd like to 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 point out that's the most important is every customer that we talk to, they they feel like they're in the the, the business of building confidence in their employee base, and so when you know Karitha says that you need you know strong policies and and procedures and you need to stick to them, well that's that's true from a public health point of view, but it, it's also just it's very confidence-inspiring for people to see that that's going on, that processes are there, that they're followed, and that the, the company is, is taking this seriously so they can have the confidence to, to come back into work. And as far as how Evident you know participates in that, one of the most important things that, that you, you have to do in bringing people back is, is understand on a daily basis how they're feeling. You actually have to interact with them based on you know, what they've uh, discussed with their, their doctor and, and medical results that they've gotten from uh, uh, testing, either PCR testing or, or uh, hopefully eventually antibody testing. And, and those interactions we've never really had to do at scale. And so where Evident can help is we're constantly able to interact with the employee on a regular basis, a, a, a schedule set by the employer, to check in on that employee's health. Uh, to get both uh, self-attested answers from the employee where the employee is simply interviewed about how they're feeling that day, all the way to uh, uploading uh, doctor's notes or other medical records that can demonstrate that they've had a test or, or uh, have pre-existing conditions. And so we, we help employees uh, you know, collect that information and get it over in a privacy-preserving way to employers so that employers have this dashboard that shows each of their locations and can show each individual in those locations and the risk uh, that those individuals present. And ultimately what that rolls up to is, you know, the individual has a, a badge that either uh, permits them to be in the office in that period of time or, or says that no, they, they need to be at home uh, quarantining or possibly isolating based on uh, their uh, their health results. And so we can help do that and we can do it at scale and do it in a way that preserves employees' privacy. And, and one point that we we didn't hit on earlier, that I just also really want to emphasize is one of the, the biggest parts of building employee confidence is them knowing that their personal health information is going to be handled in a way that preserves their privacy. So privacy is not just for privacy's sake in this in, in this case, privacy is essential to getting people to participate. In the process and so you have to give them confidence that their information is handled privately so that they will participate on a regular basis and you have the data that you need to make effective decisions as an employer so we put all that in a nice neat dashboard for the employer so that they don't need boatloads of hr professionals or COVID experts to, to manage their return to work plan
1: when well, just to build on david's point about privacy i mean let's be clear you're doing this for those limited situations where you actually have a person that um, is either sh- is show symptoms or test positive. You would hope in the course of a day, if you have 500 employees that go through your door, that you're really doing this for the one employee who might have a temperature or the one employee who might, be, um, who might have no symptoms but says they feel funny, right? And you hold them back. Here's the reality. As a a senior HR executive, my preference would be that my people would not have that data because the reality is, and I've already heard this happen in a couple of situations, someone tests positive and then they're restricted from coming into the office and you didn't have to notify employees that we did, And to me, that's part of this. You have to notify employees if you're trying to be transparent. If we do this every week, at the end of the, every week, you would expect an executive in the company which say, thank you for all being good team players, want to make everybody aware. This was a great week. We had no incidents. We had no issues this week. Because if I don't hear anything, that doesn't make me feel good. And in the absence of knowing, we all know people, when they make something up, it's never positive. But here's the downside. Someone tests positive. The first thing I know I want to know, and I'm an HR person. I want to know who, right? I just want to know. But it's not really important for what you're trying to do that I know who. All I actually need to know is that I was in contact with that person and therefore now I know I need to be tested. And that's hard in an organization if somebody actually knows. So it actually it's better to have someone have the data. And it's also really important to have a clear process because when someone comes to ask, you can say, that's not part of the process. This is what we do before you actually have to do it. I had a friend who works for a professional services organization and they her organization sent a note out and they indicated that someone did test positive. And they were in the office, and some number of them have been in the office. They identified the city where it occurred. In that city, they had a couple of locations. And she was just telling me how people were completely freaked out because they now know it was in their city. They don't know which office. And they were all wanting to know. And so she and I were having this discussion when we were running in the morning. I'm like, let me tell you why they can't tell you, right? I said, but now that you know, and she says, well, it was in, it was in our city, it was in Atlanta. And I said, they need to go. I said, did you get any further information that said you have to go get tested? So she said, no. So I said, so the person did not come in contact with you. What you might want to do is to go back to your organization, whoever's responsible for this and say, when you identify a case, you need to let everybody know in that city, Um, that if you do not hear anything, there's no other action you need to take. So where they dropped the ball was they notified everyone. They told people where it occurred, but they didn't tell people that if you don't get any more information, you're cool. So, I mean, having a process makes you think through all of these things that end up being, I mean, when she told me the energy and the angst that was created in the organization, again, employer trying to do the right thing, you know, just hadn't really thought about What's the dark? What's the dark side of this? Yeah. Somebody gets infected. How do I notify? Who do I have to notify? And what do I do next? So yeah. having a process Carith- definitely helps.
3: Yeah, Karitha, to to build on that, and I, I think you may know from me discussing it with you previously, but we we faced exactly this situation and evident in the earliest days of the pandemic. Yeah, I do remember. You know, unfortunately. We had some uh, employees who attended an industry conference who, who got sick after attending, and we were faced with all these decisions you know early in March before anybody had a plan yeah. you know around how to handle this and and you're right, I would have been much more comfortable with a clear communication plan. And, and part of the challenges that you were just indicating around you know being transparent, keeping employees up to date when, when there's something to worry about and when there's not something to worry about, these are these are important uh, capabilities that we're building into the product now. You know, in terms of dashboards that you can actually give your employees access to, and notifications that are needed when certain uh, uh, risk statuses change. You know, we're we we have constantly been enhancing the health status application for the past you know eight eight weeks to build in some of these newer capabilities that are needed. And and every week we roll out. New features that increase transparency, increase notifications, and, and just overall increased confidence in uh, in in how the the health status of the organization is being managed. It it's 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 a vital part of this whole equation.
0: Yeah. So, karetha I was going to ask you. You you were talking a lot about um, you know what are the steps you should take and the fact that th- those should be documented. Should companies have a policy on this? Um, and have you, have well, you seen I, those? I
1: think you have to have, well, by, by by virtue of having a process, if you have a process, you actually have a policy. It's just how articulate you want to be with it, right? So mm-hmm. if there's an example, you make the decision that people, I mean, every company that's returning people back to work, they have a policy. It's just a matter of whether that policy is going to be implicit or explicit. So case in point, you expect employees to notify their, their supervisor if they have any evidence of symptoms that would be aligned with COVID. I would hope you would say that, but that's just kind of a given, given where we are right now. But I think there are companies who are revisiting a lot of their policies um, because they're tied to, given what's going on, do you travel? Right? Uh, And, you know, that's another one, that now that we've not traveled, there are a lot of customer visits that probably are never going to happen again. You can save money. And, oh, by the way, you realize I didn't have to get on a plane for an hour meeting when I can do it via you know, technology. But I do think it's important that companies have policies. And let's just say, to think about what you're gonna do in this space sooner rather than later. Unfortunately, this is an election year. And a lot of the things that make this more difficult to decide is the fact, as an example, the wearing of mask has been politicized, whether we want to admit it or not. And so I think there are companies that are very uncomfortable taking a position um, about wearing masks because they think it's making one political statement versus another. If you stay in the camp of, it's about keeping our employees safe with the data that we know today. And when we learn new data, we'll make modifications. And you're honestly saying to employees as a leader, here's what we know, and there's a lot we don't know. And as we learn stuff, we will modify our policies as appropriate. We, We are all sitting here now on the 23rd of June, and we're hearing that in half the states, the numbers are going the wrong way. Right. And so you might let it get to a certain point, And if the decision is not to close your business, but to kind of trudge on, you're going to see a lot of companies back backdooring and putting um, policies in place. Uh, we have a, a place in Tampa, the Tampa St. Pete area and the mayors of Tampa and St. Pete made a decision that effective on Friday, I don't, don't know why they waited until Friday, five o'clock, everyone who goes into any business must have a mask. And the reason they announced it early is they intend to prosecute if people are entering establishments without mask. And having been there a couple of weeks ago, hardly anyone was wearing a mask. But they're also on the, I mean, in fact, Pinellas County specifically has gone up in cases and they now have been able to say, the increase in cases is not tied to the number of people getting tested. It's beyond that now. And what's happening oh, right, is- Right, because
0: the positivity rate in addition it's to the- positive the rate. Well, it's, it's yeah. both.
1: It's the positive rate of people who are going to get tested. And let's say if I test 100, a higher percentage are now positive, but they're also having an, an uptick of people going to the hospital because they're ill, then being tested and they're finding out that they're positive. So I suspect employers down there are really struggling, right?
0: Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah, percent.
3: I, I think you know one of the most important points you, you bring up in there, Karitha, is that things are going to change over the next six right, and right. twelve months, and they're going to go back and forth. And that's going to happen. It, it's going to happen at different locations. Right. Some locations will be better than other locations. Some may be going back in, while while yep. others are you know needing to uh, uh, to, to restrict access more. And that's, that's tough to manage. I mean, that's something, you know, that everyone's going to have to pay attention on location by location basis, exactly how is the pandemic affecting, you know, that, that locale. And, uh, and then obviously that has to be overlaid with the, you know, the risk to the staff uh, as well, the vulnerability of the the staff. The
1: the other issue is if you live in an urban area and you feel like you've, you've safeguarded your building, if you have employees that take public transportation, that's a whole nother issue right? You can't control where people go if that's the only way they can get to work. Uh, I would tell you, if the schools don't open, it's going to have a huge impact on whether a business can open. If I have no child care because the daycares are closed and schools not open, I don't know that I can come to work. So, I mean, I I think you're seeing employers having to look at so many different variables. Um, And I think what most employers will try to do when I hear people say people want to go back to work, I'm like, well, No, they want to leave their house. (laughs) They want to leave their their house. And for those who have cats and dogs and puppies and kids, it is a nightmare trying to work from home. But I would bet anybody, and I would take this to Vegas, I don't think you'll ever see situations where people will be going back to work five days a week. I think what we'll see is there will always be an increased flexibility. People will go back, but they won't be going back every day. And yeah. a lot of businesses are dividing their workforce into teams. So the blue team goes in on certain days, and the red team goes in. So, so I think it's going to be a new way of working.
0: Yeah,
2: and I, mean, I, don't, think, even I don't think I don't think Nick system. wants to go back. Nick Nick wants to stay. He doesn't want to get out of his pajamas. So. <laughs>
1: hey, I
3: heard something great the other day. You know, everybody talks about you know we're we're all uh, you know working working from home. I think the right way to think of it is we're all living at work now. That's the right. That's, oh, that's, there you go. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, right. So many hours okay. these days.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, literally everybody's having these conversations right now. Maybe Absolutely. Not in depth mm-hmm. that we started to have them. Um, and Vince, I know SJV saw a, a huge opportunity once we learned about uh, what Evident was doing to take advantage. So um, do you want to kind of share what we have in mind in terms of CRAs taking advantage of it and and and, and that sort of thing?
2: Yeah, so I think um, I think one thing we were going to touch on is just um, with everybody talking about it, and we didn't want to limit our uh, outreach for good to be limited to just what's going on with the courts. Um, it's what most people rely on us for, and we're happy to always provide updates on that with our coverage map and our blogs and such. But some of these podcasts, there were some uh, you know some offline conversations with some of the folks we had as guest speakers from our customer base asking questions like this, you know, is there a process or a, a, a flow, like, like Aretha said, is there a, is there an app or an application? So when we started hearing that on one hand, and then we had others coming to us saying, Hey, we think we've got something here. Do you need this for at SJV? Um, and, and I don't want to, you know, spill the beans or, 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 you know, pull, pull the wool over what, what David had reached out to Scott and just said, Hey, do you guys need help in this capacity? It was just this innocent, you know, friends kind of thing. Like, we think we've got some great. What are you guys doing? This could help you. And those two things kind of connected together. Well, if it can help us, it can help all of our clients with their strategies for getting back to work. And then being that we have this unique relationship and background screening from us in the supply chain, to our customers directly into the office of HR, who's making hiring decisions and, and process decisions, this could naturally just flow right upstream to those key relationships and say, Hey, if I'm at a CRA, what is my end-user customer doing? You know, what is Best Buy doing, or what is or what are these other places that that David may have mentioned earlier? People who need who need foot traffic to go in person, or are in different areas. What are they doing? So, what we're trying to do is introduce this uh, this technology, this app, this solution as a means of saying, you know, can you use this as a CRA, and ultimately, can you promote this to your end-user base as well? I'm excited to see what the response is from our client base. It's uh, (laughs) we're just trying to go one step further than just talking about it on a podcast like we've been doing for two months.
0: And kind of like the male pattern, pattern baldness commercial. Not only are we the, uh, not only do we ha- uh, have it, we're a user. I know I just butchered that, but everybody gets the point. No,
2: I'm I'm not laughing because you butchered it. I'm just, that's your, obviously your life story. But it's not working yet.
1: Here's what I would say, Vince, when you talk about. You know that particular industry, what I am seeing is there's a lot of sharing across industries um, what people are trying to figure out what to do mm-hmm. when they have a common skill group. So for example, uh, many of the essential workers in the professional for-profit business are call centers, mm-hmm. right? And I think when companies make decisions, we have a lot more flexibility when we're talking about professional staff Uh, Because even the ability to work from home is different when you're a professional staff. Sometimes when you're in a call center that you have access to data that you really shouldn't have access at home. And so then those groups are deemed essential and they have to come in. And here's the intersection of the current events as it relates to the whole racial issue. Most of call centers are predominantly women and people of color. And so when we have data that we now know, whether you want to believe it or not for fact, that while there's no genetic reason why African-Americans um, die at a greater rate um, if they contract COVID, um, the reality is that if it's pre-existing conditions, they do. And so now I have a call center. It's predominantly women. It's predominantly people of color. Those people of color tend to be black or brown. There's a unique issue I have to also put into this mix. Because again, if while you're dealing with the the racial and civil unrest and as a leader, you're trying to figure out how do I bring my organization together, how do I make sure they know with everything else going on that that I do care. I care about that issue as much as I care about the recession and our, our declining revenue. I care about COVID. And then I say, what's the process to come back to work? And I don't have one, right? or I put a process in place that says, hey, when you want to, you wear your mask. We all know that you're supposed to wear the mask for someone else. So if I'm in the call center and all the managers who blow blow through the call center don't wear masks, but you just told me you care about me, I'm not sure you do. And so I think all of these issues end up as you make decisions while we don't know the answers. What we do have to make sure is that the decisions that are being made all tie together. Um, And that there's some consistency, right? And if I'm going to ban people from the facility because they have a temperature, I got to be consistent with that. It can't be today, oh, come on in and get your your stuff and leave. That's not how it has to work. And a lot of times when you use a third party, it's a lot easier because they're not going to make that judgment for you. They are going to make the guidelines. They're going to follow the guidelines to the letter, actually with little to no judgment. They're going to put that judgment on you. And it's going to be inherent upon leaders to be consistent as they apply that judgment. But that's to me where, again, it's the trifecta of all bad things happening. COVID, you know, the racial and civil unrest and the recession, the lack of, you know, steady revenue coming into these companies. I mean, it's all hitting at the same time. And however you respond, you kind of look have to look at all of your decisions through all three of those lenses to see that it makes sense and you're not being inconsistent.
0: Yeah. So, spin, uh, David, if you don't mind, spin that. Um, what Karitha was just saying in terms of uh, the employer not even making the decision, you're allowing employers to actually put their policies into your app, um, so that your app is actually making the decision, not the employer. Correct? That. That's
3: exactly. That's exactly right. So you you state your policy, and then our system implements the policy. You never have to see the private data of the employees. You never have to collect or record that information. Your policy is simply implemented against that data as it comes in from your employees. So, you know, completely uniform in the way that it applies to to employees. Uh,
1: yeah, completely. And David, let me ask a question. If I were an employer and I was looking at using your products and services, I know you can't share with me exactly what Nick as an employer, might be doing, but I'm assuming that you're also collecting data so that when I come in, you can say to me, "A comparable business is following these approaches so that people are learning, because I am finding that people are very willing, businesses are very willing to share both their successes in this space and what they're learning as well as what mistakes they've made.
3: Yeah, that's right. You know, today we're having those conversations with customers, you know, one-on-one, but we absolutely agree that that is something that can be automated and put into the product from a benchmarking perspective, so that, that customers get an idea of not only how uh, you know similar companies are dealing with problems, but maybe how even similar organizations in their same uh, vicinity are dealing with uh, yeah. the challenge, which of course becomes particularly important with the the pandemic affecting you know different geographies different different ways. Uh, so yeah, there's there's a there's a great opportunity to uh, anonymize and and share that information at a high level so that, that everyone knows best practices.
0: So, you know, COVID is what we all hope to be a temporary thing um, and not something that stays around forever. Um, But I think that is interesting that now that employers have to worry, worry about this type of health scare as to whether they will be worried about other types of health scare uh, uh, health scares, even the flu in the future. Caritha, do you think that this is here to stay? This kind of health monitoring. And, well, and- I don't
1: know, but I mean, we know this isn't the. I mean, this is the first um, virus that's actually domiciled itself in the US. I mean, you had SARS, I mean, we've had other situations. I mean, working at Coke, I can remember being at Coca-Cola when SARS hit and it was a very similar situation. It was, it started in China. It was tied to an animal-to-person transmission. Uh, It happened there, and it was very quiet. And I can remember clearly that we were going back and forth, sending people to China, and all of a sudden, we were getting directors from them that they would, you know, it took them a while before they came clean and said why people couldn't come. And so, I mean, everything, I was watching a, a TED Talk from Bill Gates, I think, the other day. And he predicted this. And you know, he was very honest to say it wasn't because he's this rocket scientist, but because it's happened before and the world is so global, right? And people, I mean, we now know that actually, while it may have started in China, the the infection in the US happened from Europe mm-hmm. into New York, right? And I, you know, living in Atlanta, I'm surprised that we weren't a hot spot because of Hartsville. Uh, The airport, the international airport, which is the busiest airport apparently in the world. And I was talking to a friend of mine who works over at Emory at the the CDC. And he said, well, if you think about the difference between Atlanta and New York, he said Atlanta is, you know, the joke in Atlanta is, you know, like, even if you're going to hell, you got to change planes in Atlanta to get there. In New York, New York is kind of a touchdown place. A lot of people who travel internationally, when they get to New York, they stay. They may go someplace else, but they want to be in New York City. Atlanta actually is one of these cities, people change planes to go somewhere else, right? And so they may not ever enter the city. Uh, But I, I think you saw where the EU is contemplating banning U.S. citizens from coming in when they open up, right? That's new. Yep. So I do think, you know, I, what I think will happen is you'll have this protocol in terms of some process to screen people. Um, I think that when we get a vaccine, for some companies, they may still continue to do that. And then, you know, once we feel like this is under control. But I think like anything else, uh, like the rules you put in place and, and safeguards when we went through the last recession, you know, People probably looking at that, although those that information may not apply at all because this is so different. I think you'll have companies that once they set this up, even when they sunset it, they'll put it on the shelf, ready to pull it up when they need to again. Yep.
0: Yep. Yeah, and I and even you mentioned the the, the Gates uh, uh, TED Talk, which I thought was was great. Um, it, one of the things that he mentioned was the biggest reason it's going to happen and happen big is because we've known about this type of thing for a very long time, but we're not prepared. And I don't think that that will ever happen again. At least I'd I'd like to think that to be the case.
1: If you remember Ebola, particularly in Atlanta, because I think Emory was a place where they were bringing people in and treating them. And that's, you know, that happened, but it was, I mean, even though it killed a lot of people in that part of Africa, it was relatively contained. And for most people in the US, it was just the A blip. We didn't have any impact. I mean, that's why I think we people are still struggling, believing this because we haven't had this to happen in recent times. We have had pandemics, just not when we were all around. Yep, exactly. Yep. Okay.
0: Um, Well, I think uh, I I think we've 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 definitely hit on all of the high points during this conversation, Um, uh, Vince and David. um, I guess uh, Vince, you know, start with you. How can CRAs take advantage of this? Um, and and David feel free to chime in as well.
2: Yeah, sure. I think if if CRAs are interested in learning more about this, they can obviously reach out to myself or our team directly um, so we can get you in touch with the right people on the the evidence side. But again, I think there's just a unique opportunity as they, you know, I think people are going to be looking at background screening firms for more than just the traditional pre-hire background check. This is something that I think can be added to their um, they're offering, you know their, their suite of solutions. Um, they're trying to protect workplaces from those inherent risks associated with hires. This is one more way background screening firms can protect workplaces from another inherent threat, this time not from a behavioral per se, with someone's past, but with um, exposure with um, sickness or illness. So it's one more way that they can try to build that relationship with their customer to say, here's a way we're protecting you. Um, I think that's the the party line that I would offer them to, to ask. Beyond what we're doing for you at the background screening, what other ways can we help protect your business? Is this something we can introduce to you and something you want to learn more about? I think it's a natural conversation.
3: Yeah, and I'll, I'll take it a little bit more from the, the operational side of things. You know we're, we're moving so fast with this solution and, and it's relevant to so many different you know companies that we've, we've made it incredibly, uh, simple to refer customers, very simple for those customers to sign up for the service and for them to operationalize it with a whole set of tools and resources that they need to communicate with employees exactly what's going to happen and how it's going to happen so that they're, um, uh, they, you know, they're, they're able to, uh, very quickly get, get up and running. And so, you know, we're, we're, uh, Happy uh, to support and excited to support uh, any CRA directly or or any CRA's uh, customers as they they look to help them get back to work. I, I, Nick, the one final thought on this, kind of connecting back to your you know your previous question, is you know I would hope that people will take you know respiratory uh, illness more seriously in the future, uh, whether it's it's coronavirus, the flu, or any other you know uh, variant that that comes out um, you know down the road. But when we looked at this at Evident, we really felt like there was an opportunity for us to help with with the emergency situation that is going on right now. And we're really proud to be helping with that and to to get in there and help with the problem that everybody has at this this very moment. Whether or not they take the flu more seriously in the, the future, this is important for companies to get back to work and we want to help be a part of the solution.
0: Yeah, that, 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 that's great. And I appreciate that. Um, as a little teaser here to our audience too, um, and you'll be getting some information about this uh, in the next couple of days, we're actually going to be doing a joint webinar um, with David and his team uh, at Evident uh, coming up on July 9th. Um, where we're going to talk a little bit of, uh, more about the app and, and, and how it can help. So be on the lookout for that. Um, in the meantime, um, I wanted to thank all three of you Um, Karitha, Vince, David, thank you so much for joining us today and talking about this important issue. Um, I I, I know that it has great value to employers and not just not not employers, but to people in general, um, and that people will benefit from this. So um, thank you. Thank you guys. Thank you for joining you.
3: Yeah, thanks, Karitha. Thanks, Vince. Thanks, Nick.
0: Thanks, guys. Thanks, everybody. And If you want to learn more about SJV data solutions, please visit us at www.sjvdata.com. Thanks and have a great
1: day.